It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. We love Valentine's Day. Yes, we do. But there have been times where I've hated Valentine's Day. Really? Yeah. There have been. There have been those. Not many. But, uh, and that too. And that too. I've been, there have been snoozers. And yes, it's given me gas before. Yes, well. Okay, so, but you know what? Uh, Valentine's Day for our purposes today for, well I want to say Valentine's Day for those of us in the love business or dating business is like it is like New Year's Eve it's it's a kind of an important um, occasion it is I think that our show today is really going to be catering to the people that may not have a Valentine this year but want to be involved next year at this time yes so the mission of this show is to have you start thinking of valentine's day as a time to make resolutions for prepare you for valentine's 2020 if you're not where you want to be right today this right year. and we're going to speak to couples and we're going to speak to singles because it is as important if not more important for single people to well i'm all for goals you know me yes and love is a goal Mm-hmm. And it's really important that if you want love, if you want to be love, feel love, have love, uh, I think there are, you know, a lot of it is out of your control, but a lot of it is in your control. Don't you agree? Mm-hmm. And this is where the resolutions part comes in. As much as I know you don't believe in resolutions. We will talk about that in a second. Okay, so... Uh, I want to. I just want to quote a very, um, very good blogger uh, that I read. His name is Nicholas Goka, and I want to just read a little bit about what he's. In, he's mostly featured in Medium, which is an online. He's a self uh, self improvement, personal growth guy. And for those that don't know Medium, Jeff Bezos wrote his email. Oh, in Medium, did he? Yes, he did. I'm telling you, man, Medium. Yes. Uh, is very is a real good source yeah, for me of uh, inspiration. It really is. I've I've been published in Medium. Hello. Okay. Good. Okay. So so I want to talk about goals and goal setting and resolutions because it's not so much the goals you guys is it's the habits. Okay. What you need are rational habits. Okay. Because when you set a goal, it is mostly huge, right? People set these incredible goals or make these. Um, um, sometimes uh, impossible resolutions and it's so big and it's so daunting that people just can't do it and they get freaked out and overwhelmed and then uh, feel like how can they possibly but the what I feel as a trainer as well it's not so m- yes it is the goal of whatever you want to achieve but it's got to be reasonable and you know it and, and it let me just read here um 
it takes longer than you think, and you need grit, patience, and flexibility along the way. But for some reason, the bigger, bolder, and more unlikely our goals become, the more we believe we'll achieve them with a massive one-time push, okay? The opposite is true. The more irrational your goal, the more rational habits you need to accomplish it. Only sane compounding patterns can, can sustain you long enough because you'll need even more grit, patience, and flexibility, okay? So uh, he says, and I agree, forget big goal, big motivation. Go for big goal, small action. Hang out with the right habits. Take it slow. Experiment. Make it tiny. Make sure you succeed. Stay rational. Would you agree to all this? Uh, yes. Ma- motivation is something that you you want to kind of be able to maintain, and that's what rational uh, setting, ra- creating rational habits are. Okay, they're rooted in action, not inspiration, so much. So you know, like making New Year's resolutions or setting setting goals, you get there by taking small steps, by implementing small changes, by creating habits. So I think part of this has to uh, initiate with acknowledging what it is that you are missing and what you feel you want to accomplish and then setting that out and maybe writing that down and make that your goal. That could be your resolution. And coming from myself, who is not resolution-oriented, I actually frown upon that and don't necessarily believe in resolutions. I just believe in living and doing right and living well and... Do you ever set goals for yourself? I I probably do, and I, I probably I, I I'm, I'm sure I do. Whether it's a daily goal or weekly or yearly, I think I do. But I don't really set it in writing and then you know bow down to it every day. And but you're a goal oriented person. Absolutely. Okay, well that's what we're talking about, and love is the goal, and in one form or another. Or not. Either I to mean, ha- it needs to be either with like, a partner or yourself. But this, whoever is setting these goals or these resolutions, has to acknowledge that this is, I am now this today. But where I want to be a year from today, I want to accomplish this, and so I'm going to put this out as a goal, and set out to do it. Yes. Okay. W- whatever that is. Yes. Maybe it's get out of a relationship. Yes. Okay. So I. <laughs> And yes, either you had a shitty... Oh, well, this this episode will air on Valentine's... If you're listening to us right now, you it's it is Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Yes. Okay? So you're either going to have a great one. You could have a shitty one. Um, it can, can it always be improved? Of course. Everything can. You can. Well, I'll say that to you if you... Okay. Okay. I'm... I... I have spent more Valentines alone and single than I have on dates. So I know the drill. I think most of us have. I know the drill. And I will say there are things that, yes, you can improve. That kind of drill? Not that kind of drill. It's the sadder, more lonely drill. <laughs> no, not that one. So this is kind of my wheelhouse because been there, been there, done that. Spent it, spent Valentines, many a day, many of Valentines alone. And I got to a point where I thought, uh-uh, I'm not gonna feel, I'm not gonna feel sad anymore. I'm not letting this damn day take me down. Hell, fucking no, not doing it. And that's where the resolutions come in. And even if you're coupled up, there is room for improvement. Do you find that some people really take this one day too seriously, and that 
so much depends on it. And if they uh, don't yes. find, it's like New Year's Eve. That if they don't have a date New Year's Eve, no big I'm pressure. a failure. Yes, I have I'm nothing going on in my life. I'm a failure. Yeah, we can't have that. That's really, I think, so many issues are, are coming from this, and that we shouldn't base our self worth on these two important dates in the year. But they're just dates. They don't mean. They don't, they don't really mean, mean anything, anything, but they do. Well, only because if you a, allow them to. Well, but it, why can't we put a positive spin on it? We are. Why can't we use New Year's and Valentine's as a as a day to hit the reset button? If that's what you want to do, of course. But if you choose to make it everything, then it will be everything. Absolutely. And if you choose to just place proper perspective on it, where it means it's just another night, it's a Thursday night, I don't have a date, well, maybe I'll have a date tomorrow night, Friday night, the 15th. Everything shouldn't depend on this. No, it shouldn't hinge or hang your on. Your Your happiness shouldn't be based on, on whether you have a date for New Year's or Valentine's. But with that said, why not? Why not resolve to do things that maybe will bring, a, bring it about in 2020? That's what that. this show is about. You know, by next Valentine's Day, 2020, for example, I resolve to have a date. Okay. Why not? Start. It's a start. I want to have a date by next Valentine's Day. Or, you know, your sound effects <laughs> are so random. I, they leave me speechless. Well, sometimes, sometimes a date could be anything. Not with a cow or a farm animal. Ah, raspberry. Although, I don't know, maybe people from farmers, single farmers are listening yeah, to this? Of course. Okay, I'm going to go on. By next Valentine's Day 2020, I resolve to be in a healthy relationship. It's a good goal. If you are not in one now. Right. So. Or improve the one I'm in now. Okay. That's a good one. I resolve to work as a team with my partner or do, or do the necessary work on myself to improve my relationship. Oh, chicken, eh? Come on. I resolve to communicate better to my partner about what I need, what I want and need. Maybe that's a resolution you need to make. It's not about you. I know that, but it still doesn't stop me from making it about me. I resolve to make more of an effort and plan in advance. How about that? What if you come what if you just come up short Valentine's and your date is you didn't do the work, man. You didn't prep, you didn't, you know, make reservations. You didn't take it seriously. This is this is what I'm saying. You've got now a year, you guys. Okay? Uh, by next Valentine's Day 2020, I resolve to, how about this? Treat every day as Valentine's uh, Day. Now we're talking. That's important. Why should you wait for one day a year to express your love, your true love and because, devotion to someone, because right? Because Hallmark says so. And the and way... Commerce works in our country and, and how in the many world. billions of dollars billions did of we billion, just find billions out? Billions and billions of dollars spent on billion dollars on Valentine's Day alone, and that's why it's a very there's, important what's wrong, holiday. There's nothing wrong, nothing with, wrong that. with that, but every day should be every day, day should. Okay, now for the single people, I'm speaking to you. I resolve not to let Valentine's Day completely depress me. I resolve by next Valentine's Day to feel better about being single. I will not allow my single status to negatively define me. I will not allow myself to feel stigmatized because I'm single. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. And I, I resolve to overcome my victim mentality. We just had this conversation yesterday about victim mentality. 
oh my God, if there's one thing in life that just burdens my ass is victim mentality. Okay, that's a whole other show. I'm not even going to go there today. Uh, I By next Valentine's Day, I'm going to refuse to be shamed or ashamed because I'm single. I could go on. I mean, there's so many goals and resolutions you can make as a single person, as a couple. And we're going to, and, and then there's a bunch of really good ones that would, I'm going to save. So we're going to talk about the constructive ways you guys can all put your, plan, your plans into shape, uh, into action and create habits and set your goals and we're going to teach you how with the great Ken Page excellent he's the man so we are going to go to a break and then we're going to come back on with Ken Page so we will be right back and now back to done being single with dating badasses Trevor and Robbie Sharp Okay, we'd love to introduce Ken Page, LCSW, onto the show. He is a renowned psychotherapist and a leading voice of hope and wisdom for everyone seeking to find and cultivate healthy, lasting love. He is the author of the bestseller, Deeper Dating, How to Drop the Games of Seduction and Discover the Power of Intimacy, host of the upcoming Deeper Dating podcast, popular Psychology Today blogger, and Huffington Post blogger. He really does it all. Um, He's also been featured in, oh, the Oprah Magazine, the New York Times, Cosmopolitan, The Advocate, WPIX-TV, Match.com, Christian Minkle, J-Date, and more. Mm -hmm. Paige has, Paige, we're on a second name basis. Ken has uh, (laughs) led hundreds of, (laughs) yo, Paige, what's up, my homie? has led hundreds of workshops on intimacy and spirituality for thousands of participants. His work has been highly acclaimed by numerous top thought leaders, including Harville Hendricks and Helen LaKelly Hunt, Ariel Ford, who's been on our show, Edward Hallowell, MD, Chip Conley, Judith Orloff, MD, and Catherine Woodward Thomas, who's also been on our show. Ken lives in Long Beach, New York with his husband and children, and we're so happy to have him here today. Welcome and happy Valentine's Day, Ken. Happy Valentine's Day. Yes, yes. That's great that you got me on on this day. I love that. Perfect. So you heard us at the top of the show. We were talking about all kinds of resolutions to make in preparation of Valentine's 2020. We talked a lot about the stuff you want to get rid of and improve upon. So we want to hear your thoughts on that. And then we can go into some more like constructive positive things that you can actually do going forward for yourself and for your mate. So let's start there. Let's talk resolutions and goals. I love that. And and I love that concept of that the bigger your goal is, the, the hairier and wilder and bigger and more exciting your goal is, the more you really need to, def- to befriend user-friendly habits that become yours that are small and that are day-to-day. This kind of balance of getting inspiration and then choosing to do application day after day. So I adore that. And um, I want to give some advice on that and some ideas and actually lead everybody in a process that's going to help them get to that. And this is going to be for single folks and for coupled folks, because I was chronically single for decades. I actually even started a support group for chronically single psychotherapists. And um, I struggled with this a lot. And I'm very happily married now and so so I want to speak both to people in relationships and people who really would love to be in a relationship so lots to say 
Okay, great. Well, that's our audience. Are, are you a fan of resolutions? Well, you know, in hearing what you both said, I have to say I adore resolutions. My husband is kind of like you. He's not so big on them, but but I love them. I think they're exciting, and I love to eat resolutions for breakfast. And, um, and then by dinner, I'm usually kind of having indigestion because I wasn't <laughs> able to match up to where I wanted to get. But I love resolutions. I believe in the inspiration of resolutions. But more than that, I believe in... Um, a kind of marriage to your own deepest goals. However you do that, like you know, that. and whatever your goals are at the moment, that's what I think lasts. It's like your relationship to resolutions is like your relationship to your spouse. Is it going to be daily? Are you going to put in the effort? Is there going to be love there? Is there going to be kindness there? Is there going to be care and attention? If so, three cheers. If not, it ain't going to work. I, I think that's really smart. Um, in your practice, Ken, do you work with chronically or perpetually or eternally single people that really tend to use their status as a way to either stay victimized or or stay in a place of shame and how do you get people out of how do you get people more comfortable in accepting and loving of their single status Ooh, love that question. I got a lot to say about that. Having been single and feeling pretty damn victimized about it for a really, really long period of time. I just also want to say, though, that, you know, I I don't do one-on-one sessions anymore except through my intensives when I work with coaches and therapists who are single. And now I'm trying to impart as much information as I can through my podcast, which actually just went live and hit new and noteworthy in sexuality. So I'm really excited about that. Um, so, So I'm doing less one-on-one work at this point but through all of the kind of different channels that I that I teach the first thing that I want to say is I feel like we get overwhelmed uh, and, and it's easy to feel victimized because of a lot of the dating advice that's out there that basically tells you sorry you're not sexy enough you're not confident enough you're not feminine enough you're not masculine enough fix those things if you want to find love and I think that's that's like the path to hell. It looks like self-improvement, but it's really self-hate in a sexy outfit. Mm -hmm. So I think we get stuck and victimized by the basic concept that we have to fix ourselves before we could find love. And I think, like, like, here's an example of that. This is what we get taught. You want to find love, you got to work on your attractiveness. But let me tell you, if you want to find love, what you really have to work on is your attractions. That's the bigger issue. It's the people that you're drawn to, the people you choose, the choices you make, the hours you spend pursuing people who are unavailable, or you spend pursuing people in venues and environments that don't foster kind of the best of yourself or your partner. So it's really... The journey is a different journey than we've been taught. It is so much more a journey of just a couple simple steps. And I want to put out what those simple steps are for every single person who really does want to find love. Yes. The first, yeah, so the first one is, a friend of mine says this really well. She says her mom always used to say to her, men or women are like shoes, You do not want to leave the shoe store and feel like, oh, damn, this shoe is really tight, but I guess I'll work my way into it. You want to leave the shoe store with this feeling of like, oh, this feels good. This is comfortable. I can live in this. 
And so I think that what you're looking for, your lead question this year, if you want to find love, your lead number one question is going to shift. It's not going to be who's hot. It's not going to be who's sexy. Because all of those things, I mean, you, you have to be with somebody you're attracted to. But you change your lead question to this. With whom does my heart feel safe? With whom does my heart feel right? Both of those questions, but the safe one is a big one. And when you make that your primary question, and of course, you know, you got to be attracted to someone too. But when you make that your primary question, you will stop approaching dead ends like you've been doing it in the past. You will be somehow dignifying yourself. Just watch. Just try making that your question at a party on a date. It's going to shift your value system. And when you find somebody with whom there's some attraction and with whom you say, my heart, my soul feels safe with this person. I feel inspired by this person, but I also feel a deep sense of safety with them. When that becomes your question, when that becomes your filter, just watch how your search for love changes. So that's one major piece of advice that I want to give people. Actually, it's the biggest piece of advice that I want to give people at this point. There's lots more, but I think that's a great place to start. Wonderful. I totally agree. And that was the key for me in terms of uh, what I, when I eventually met Robbie, what, how my needs uh, had changed over the years. And I was single a really long time. And my priorities changed. I'm not even going to say needs. My priorities changed from going from I need X, Y, and Z to, you know what? I want someone who makes me feel safe and not anxious and that dating this person isn't going to give me an anxiety attack every five minutes. And when you made that change, when you made that your intention, how did it change your dating life? Well, it was a small window. So I... About it was really only a few months before meeting Robbie that I had decided that this was for the birds, you know, feeling like it, it just anxious and stressed and nervous all the time and a nervous stomach with the guy that I was dating because I was unsure and I was un- yep. and uncertain and scared. It just wasn't worth it. It just didn't because I every guy was like high stakes. I got to make this work. I have to, this one has to work. Was this a conscious decision, though, uh, to change? Well, what what happened was I I just said, fuck it. I'm not, it's not worth it. Life's too short. Uh, I don't care now. If I'm single forever, so be it. And that's when I met Robbie. And it became more about my well-being than it did about being in a relationship. Fuck the relationship. Fuck marriage. Excuse my language. Did I... (laughs) Did I welcome you to done being single? Um, <laughs> it became about, uh-uh, I want to feel safe and comfortable and relaxed. I want to exhale. I just yeah. want to fucking exhale and feel like I can breathe. Beautiful. And, you know, I would propose that it was not completely unrelated that, that, that after that decision is when you met Robbie. And there's actually really interesting science on that. There's a concept called the principle of instrumentality, which has been researched by a lot of top researchers in the field of attraction. And this is what it is. When you set a goal, you're going to be more likely to meet people who are going to meet that goal. You're more likely to meet them. And you're more likely to notice them and you're more likely to be attracted to them. 
You actually, because sexual and romantic attraction is more plastic than we've been taught. We can shift it. We can change it. So when you make that decision, you change the field. When I teach classes, I work with people. The first stage is learning to acknowledge what I call your core gifts. Those are the parts of you that you often like feel embarrassed to show. They're the places where your deeper, deepest tenderness is, your passion, your vulnerability, your heart, your soul. And those are the parts that were like, oh, I'm going to kind of airbrush that part of me because that's not going to be attractive enough. But the truth is that when you learn to treasure those parts, your world changes. So, so I teach this to people. And then the second thing I teach them is to actually learn how to educate and understand their attractions. When people have done those two things, I say to them, now get out there. Because you're going to meet different people. Your field will have changed. You're going to meet different people. You're going to have lost your taste for those people that have kind of robbed you of years. And you're going to find different people. And you're going to be attracted to people who can actually make you happy. Because when you make those choices, your field begins to change. And I've seen it. It's kind of an amazing thing. It's kind of like a little miracle, I think. And and, and what you described, Treva, is exactly that. That's what you did. You changed your field. Uh, yes. And I, I think there is um, something to be said for eliminating something from, to, to put it in fitness terms or nutritional terms, I don't know. If you eliminate something from your diet to, because it makes you feel, you don't, it doesn't make you feel good and you want to feel better. And then suddenly you eat that thing again. And it's so yuck, and it, it's distasteful. And, and I also, at the same time, I reprioritized what I was looking for. I also decided on the things I wanted to eliminate from my dating diet, mm. as it were. And that was chaos and drama. And drama. And when I, I find that when you eliminate, and this applies to friendships. Oh, and family, okay? When you eliminate the chaos and the drama, and you do a good job of it, and you set your boundaries, and then, oh my God, if that chaos or drama happens to to sort of creep back in, it's like tasting something, and you just go, yuck. You should be able to lose your, if it's not good for you, you gotta lose your taste for it. If it's not helping in some way, gotta lose your taste for it. And when you make the decision you made, that begins a cascade of shifts that ends up with you losing your taste for it. You know, I remember sitting with a friend of mine, my best friend, and I said to him, am I like the most hidebound, stuck person you know when it comes to only being attracted to people who are bad for me? And he looked at me and he said, yeah, Ken, you are. You are the most stuck in that type that of anyone I know. And that's kind of where I came from. And I thought, well, okay, so... That's who I'm sexually attracted to. That's who I'm romantically attracted to. What am I supposed to do? Date someone I'm not attracted to? At one point, though, I had this realization. I remembered someone I fell in love with in high school who was kind and beautiful and decent and spiritual and just a truly good soul. And I was totally in love with him. He was straight. It didn't work. But it didn't matter because at that point, I recognized that that I actually had another circuitry of attraction in me. And what I ended up calling this is that all of us have a circuitry of attraction, which is attractions of deprivation. And that's when someone is hot and sexy because they almost 
almost love you and they almost accept you and they almost treat you right and they're almost in love with you enough and they can almost commit. And those are so sexy because you constantly almost have them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's the path to hell mm-hmm, that looks mm-hmm, like the path mm-hmm. to heaven. Mm-hmm. That's that's really quite a great realization uh, that uh, I think we all kind of go through when we repeat patterns and we find ourselves dating the same type of person and then we realize what what what's going on here i need to find something else attractive in someone else other than what i've been repeating myself with because that's not working and exactly it's so great that you did come to that realization Uh, well yeah what i realized is i had another circuit circuitry of attraction and that's the one i call attractions of inspiration and that's when you're turned on to somebody by their goodness you're turned on to somebody by their solidity by their ability uh, availability by their generosity by their minchiness and that's a whole different circuitry it grows slower If you're not used to it in the beginning, you're going to want to escape and go back to the old way. It's like developing a taste for better food. But it's a circuitry that all of us have inside of us. And when we find it and we reach this point that we make this kind of big decision, no more attractions of deprivation, only, only, only attractions of inspiration. It's a hard decision. But when we make that decision, our world changes. It really does. Excellent. Ken, beautiful topic, and uh, I completely agree with this, and we are going to go to a break and uh, come back with more from Ken Page. And now back to Done Being Single with Married Couple and Dating Ass Kickers, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. We are back. We're talking about resolutions, uh, Valentine's Day resolutions. I know it's weird because you wouldn't normally think it's a day to make resolutions, but I'm all for it. Right, and I just want to reiterate something that we just ended on, and that is how important it is for us to recognize the inner qualities of potential people that we are attracted to, as opposed to the superficiality of yes. their physical attributes. Yes, that, that's... And Ken just, he just nailed it in the last segment, and that was so important, and it really registered with me, because that's what provides us with a lifetime of love with a... A partner that we might not normally have been attracted to because we couldn't right, see past right. something that kept right, us from right. normally being attracted to that person. You know, it's um, uh, what did Abe Lincoln once say? It's one of my favorite quotes. Um, Folks are as happy as they make their minds up to be, and I find okay. it's it's a choice. I find in a lot of not every time, but in most times, happiness and love is a choice, and making resolutions is a choice and setting goals and creating good habits is a choice. I would say um, uh, what you guys were talking about, another blogger favorite of mine, her name is Chris Gage. She wrote a blog called Good Love is Boring. And fuck, that is so true. Good love is boring in the most beautiful way. And you know what else? Stability is sexy. And it's hot to be stable. Sorry, it really is. And I made a choice and, and to uh, eliminate that from my life. And um, we are going to talk more about... I also want to say something um, about... Ken just... He touched on something earlier about uh, what 
what Valentine's Day makes us feel so inadequate, the inadequacy and feeling less mm. than and a loser or a failure in some way yep. because you don't look good or if you looked better or if you had bigger lips or, you know, dress better or I don't know that you would somehow all your dreams would come true. Okay, so I walk a fine line here, Ken, because I am in the fitness business. I'm, I'm technically in the appearance business. However, people do want to lose weight and they want to look better. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So, uh-uh. so one of the resolutions, of course, as it is everybody's every year on New Year's is to lose weight and to get in shape. And I'm all for that because I do believe, Me too. you know, at the end of the day, everybody, you are good enough. You are good enough. You have it all. It's already in you. I, everybody has it in them to be a loving wonderful happy joyous human being with that said me and robbie and people like ken are here to help you guys with ways tricks techniques tips tools to um to make it happen a little faster or to make it happen period right ken absolutely absolutely you know and just based on what you're saying the other piece that i want to say is you don't have to be with someone just because they're good for you if you're not turned on to them you have every right to be with someone who's attractive sexually attractive to you and you know in my book and in my podcast i talk a lot more about how you can cultivate turn on with someone you can't force attraction but you can educate your attractions and if you're with someone where there's some attraction you can do lots of things to make that attraction grow Um, and one of the things is expressing affection and appreciation another one that the Gottmans talk about John Gottman and his wife they're real brilliant theorists and practitioners they talk about this concept of bids so what's a bid a bid is you're in the kitchen with your boyfriend girlfriend husband wife and they mention something about something that's going on with them that matters to them that's what's called a bid if you if they feel like you're actually really listening and really processing and really trying to give something back you have met their bid and intimacy and sexuality and all that good stuff grows in that little moment it just swells a little bit but if you ignore it and bring the subject right back to yourself or you're so busy with whatever getting the microwave buttons right, that you don't really listen, that bid is lost. And there's a tiny drop of sinking that happens in the eros of the relationship. There's so much that we can do, you know, to grow turn on in a relationship. There's so many different things we can do. And actually, I'm going to teach a Valentine's process. I'd love to teach a Valentine's process to grow eros and love Mm. that every couple can do. It's a little scary, but it's great. You're going to do it to us. I would love to do it to you. Can I? Yes, please. Woo-hoo. Do we have to take okay. our clothes off? Say that again? Do we have to take our clothes off? <laughs> that's later. If it's done right, then that's later. Okay. okay. So here's what it is. Uh, I'm going to say one or two things about it first. This is the big thing I'm going to say. So picture an environment with tons of sun but no solar collectors. The sun hits the ground, it hits the earth, whatever. 
but it doesn't get collected. Let's say it's a desert and there's no plants to take it in. So it, it just falls to the earth and heats things up and doesn't really go anywhere. But if there are solar collectors, that magnificent sunlight, that energy gets collected it's kind of like that in a relationship, like you're with your spouse and maybe they annoy you and irritate you. Maybe day-to-day life takes over, but you also love them and you need them and you treasure them and you built a life with them or you're building a life with them. There's so much love there and there's so much appreciation, but we often don't articulate the things we really love the most about our partner because it's embarrassing. We feel awkward. We feel like rejectable. We kind of hold that stuff close to the vest. And so there's this like deep current of love that's less available to us. This is a process everyone you can do with anybody you love, your best friend, your mother, your grandmother, or your honey. And we're going to do it together with Robbie and Treva, and we're going we're gonna to practice this. Oh boy. So what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to face each other. Can you do that? We are. Awesome. Okay. Who's going to go first? Trevor, you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Thank you. Okay, great. So, so Trevor, you're going to look at Robbie. And you're just going to take a minute to think about what you adore about him. Why he's so precious to you. Why he mm-hmm. means so much to you. What's awesome about him. What's sexy about him. What's kind about him. What's great about him. The things you love the most. And now you're just going to like look at him and you're going to really let it go. You're going to take like just a couple minutes and you're going to really tell him what you adore about him. And it may feel very vulnerable, but it's awesome. It's wonderful. And you're doing it on the air because you are a brave soul. So you're on. And, and, and Robbie, your job is to look at Trevor and take it in. Really take it in. It may be hard to believe. It may be hard to take in. But just do your best. I'll try. Oh, he's pretty good at that. Good, good, good. He's, he doesn't okay, mind. A, so. he, he doesn't mind. He's a, he likes a little praise. He's good. pretty good with compliments. Okay. Yeah. Robbie Scharf, I feel like this is my wedding vow all over again. But now I know you because when I said my vows, I kind of didn't. We weren't even living together, and now we are four and a half years in. And it is uh, an honor to be your wife. I still can't believe I can call myself a wife, first of all. That's still a mind blower that I'm someone's missus. I cannot believe you asked. I cannot believe you put a ring on my finger. Every day I get to know you better and better. It is a continual source of fun and adventure and and consciousness raising and expansion. I learn so much from you. I grow so much. You've pushed me and motivated me. You make me laugh. I mean, first thing in the morning I laugh. Last thing at night I laugh. Your habits are hysterical. They might turn off the average person, but not me. I love a little gas. It's hysterical. We have a good time. You make me crazy and nuts sometimes, but... I'm, I just, I said it the other day, I treasure you so much. I cherish you. You are truly the gift that keeps on giving. Do I need to keep going? Nah, that is awesome, but I'm going to ask you one more little addition, which is think about the quality in Robbie that is the most precious to you. The one that you like would have to say like is the killer for you. The one that touches you the most and tell him what that is. 
I don't know. It's it's like three part awareness, observationalness, and caring. He looks, he watches, he sees, he cares, mm. all at the same time. He is considerate of me, my my wealth, my wealth, my health, well being, uh, my welfare. It is a shocking trifecta of qualities that you don't really find. I've never found in anyone. So you're, well. you're look. He looks. He's really looking. He's watching. He's listening, and then and then and then proceeds accordingly. Gorgeous. You hey, about, Robbie, how was that? You talking about me? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. No, that was uh, incredibly touching. Thank you, honey. Um, that that is your most outstanding, and he's with that way with everybody, every kind of creature, uh, even four-legged ones. He it's really, <laughs> he he is that person. He is about uh, the kindest, uh, most good soul I've ever met. Wow, Trevor, that is awesome. That was beautiful. And everyone who's listening, I'm going to ask you to do this either out loud with your honey. Or write it in your Valentine's card if it's too hard to do it out loud. And watch how fabulous the results are. So, Robbie, baby, it's your turn next. So look at Trevor, and um, you're going to do the same thing. You're just going to really speak from your heart about what you love about her. I can start by saying that I love your wonderment. You are an incredible friend to your friends and I witnessed that you have immense capacity to care for others and to want to improve others and I see where you start with somebody whether it's in your training or your coaching or whatever it is and you bring them along and it's not just a physical thing that you help them with but it is an emotional Um, kind of a Mount Everest that you are able to get them over and so it becomes nothing for them and it's such an accomplishment for them and it's just common for you to achieve that with your people that you're around and your friends and and you're just you're so loving caring and that's without the physicality of your beauty which of course I can't help but always be smitten by when I see you whether you're sleeping or uh, in the bathroom Thanks, or, you know, when you sometimes go to the kitchen, it's sometimes go it's, to the kitchen. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you know, I or at your desk, you know, working. I love even the things I don't love. I love that you're a single tasker. No, I don't. But I do. I appreciate that because you're so focused on one thing at one time. Thank you. And I'm completely the opposite. Nice I can focus more. on 17 things at one time. And hopefully keep those plates spinning. But you, you are focused, and mm, you know. I, I and I also there's there's something to be said about being the only child that you were, in that you don't have references. So the fact that you are in this relationship with me now, without having the parental references, some of the mentoring that others may have gotten. Uh, in spite of all, in spite of those absences, you are phenomenal. You have done so many things and have made so many strides. And uh, I love that you are open 
to and this will be the last uh, one Robbie you're doing great but this will be the closing <laughs> I'm just I, I'm just, I love that you are open to improving and learning and thank you and and finding out thank more. you that's part of the wonderment so, I love you so much I love thank you, you. That's a great exercise, by the way. That's that was a, that's, awesome. That's isn't like it great? Analogy. Isn't it sexy? Isn't it warm? And it's like the Sahara Desert with no solar collectors in most of our couple relationships. Because we don't do that. We should be doing that regularly. So, yeah, you want to have like a sexier, more wonderful, more romantic Valentine's? Do that with each other. As you it's both did. better than you were any, great. any Hallmark card you, you could Kim. ever buy anybody. That's like a human card. That is a you human, know it. A human Valentine's yeah. card. That's it. I highly recommend it. And, you know, I think there's something to be said also to say something similar to yourself in case you are single this Valentine's. Everything we said um, for the the previous hour, uh, getting to a place where you can be happy and good and, and, and comfortable with your single status is really, really important. And find whatever, whatever it's going to take to magnetize love into your life. And I guess that does start with yourself, right? It does. I uh, think that's really true. We have another break coming up right now, but then we have one more segment with Ken. So we can't wait to get back to that. So we will take a break and come right back with more Ken Page. And now back to Done Being Single with Trevor and Robbie. Okay, we are back with Ken Page. Our new best friend. He really <laughs> is. You guys were great. Ken, our, we love you. He's our love buddy. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> So uh, we want to talk about, this is our final segment. Okay, so let's kind of touch on um, 2020, you know, project, yeah. projecting ahead. Politi- uh, this politically, is, or you want to talk about uh, <laughs> That's another episode. Okay. Well, um, I know, I, I want to talk about who, I want everybody to take a moment that's listening right now and um, get quiet. Get sort of still, maybe close your eyes wherever you are. Maybe you're listening to this uh, in a train or walking or, or just at home. Uh, here's a really interesting exercise that I'm just making up on the fly here. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to visualize who you are by Valentine's 2020. Not just who you are, but who you want to be Valentine's 2020. And... Uh, I want you to see it in all your its glory. And are you with someone? Or maybe you're not. Maybe you're just super happily single and enjoying a vibrant, full single life. Or maybe you are coupled up. And I want you to sort of use it as a guided visualization. And you can sort of keep that. And I do a lot of guided visualization myself in my meditation work. And I do see myself... Uh, whatever the task is and it's really helped really helped if you see your if you can do this often it's a fantastic tool to empower you and actually manifest your goals I'm I'm not kidding I think Ken would you agree with that absolutely it's my favorite process personally I do a whole podcast episode on it I I do it every day of my life it does seep into your consciousness. If you, you know, a daily meditation practice, if you include some sort of visualization in there, suddenly what seems to be so daunting, a task or a goal, if you just chip away every day, a little, just like baby steps, baby steps, if you can actually see yourself doing it. And then suddenly, holy shit, you're actually doing it. I finished a book recently and I kind of credit my ongoing practice of seeing it seeing myself at my desk at my computer 
doing it. And then lo and behold, I did it. And I congratulations finished my book. So how can people single or not or married or coupled up? How can they improve? Let's talk some self improvement techniques and tips, secrets for who they want to be what they want to be for Valentine's 2020. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, Trevor, I want to take the exercise that you did and kind of take people into that in a kind of um, very powerful way to help exactly make that happen. So if I could, everybody just get comfortable. Okay. And following where Trevor led us, I would like you to picture a you from maybe even more than just one year from now, maybe a number of years down the road. I want you to picture kind of a you that is beyond the glass ceilings that you've created or the world has created for you inside yourself. A you on the other side of those inner glass ceilings. A you that is able to love and play and be not ashamed of yourself and kind of full you, full you, the you that you feel like you're meant to be. Now, you do not have to earn that person. You do not have to achieve that person. You're just imagining that person. You are just imagining this you that is like the beauty of you. You living full, free, unfettered, like your soul, your essence, really you. And just get a picture of that you. You don't have to be it, just picture it. Picture what her eyes look like or his eyes look like. This, this you of the future, this evolved you, this older brother, older sister. What do the eyes look like? What does the face reflect? And what do you imagine it would feel like to be inside that person? And now, I would like you to just do an imagination exercise. Just imagine that you are in that you. All of a sudden, for just a few minutes, you are that free, liberated, loving you who's just like essence of you. Just imagine you are in that body behind those eyes right now. And imagine what that would feel like to just be so freely you. How delicious that would feel. How wise. How real. How physical. And from this vantage point, where you now actually are that you of the future, look at yourself of today, February 14th, 2019, and think from this gorgeous vantage point, what do I most want to tell the me of today? You're in this role as your evolved self. You're looking at the you of today. What do you most want to say? What do you most want to impart? Take a minute, and from this vantage point of this beautiful, amazing you, from the heart of that you, what's the message? What are the instructions? What's the thing you most want to convey to the you of today? Okay. Good. That's good. good stuff. And now, it's really good. And now, come back to yourself and know that you can do that exercise 10 times a day if you want. You can do it over what to eat in a restaurant. You will get such cool, cool information. But just think about what it was and imagine if you built your year with that being your primo primary goal, whatever that was. 
I could pretty much guarantee you your year is going to be amazing. And maybe it's not what you thought it's going to be. But this process bypasses the inner critic and like links you with the loving parent self or a loving wiser self. So whatever that is, I encourage you to make that your baby, your goal for the year ahead. And watch what happens if you do. I also encourage you to do that process every day because it's just beautiful. And the stuff you'll come up with. I know someone who does it and gets information about what outfits to wear. You get lots of really good stuff when you just tune into this wild and ever-present intuition inside you. And it'll give you the best love advice you could get. Yes, I practice that too, by the way. Uh, Here's a really helpful tip, you guys listening. If you go to bed and you need some kind of answer, you're looking for an answer, you need direction, something, go to bed, say to yourself, when I wake up, I will have the answer. And I am telling you, it will come to you. I love that. I got to try that. Try it. It's, it actually is, it's great. I have tried, like, I'm going to have a dream that's going to help me figure something out. That has not worked. I like your way more. It's more direct. I'm going to try that. Yeah, it's um, uh, like a hypnotic, pre-hypnotic or pre-sleep suggestion. And you, I'm all for finding your own answers anyway, by the way. I think everybody's got it in them. Absolutely. I totally agree. So, Ken, can you please let us know and let all our listeners know uh, how they can find you and where may they reach you if they want to? Absolutely, absolutely. So, the primo spot to go at this point is deeperdatingpodcast.com. I have a new podcast. I produce a new episode every week. I have interviews with top thought leaders. I'd love to have the two of you in a future show, if you're willing. Absolutely. Great, great. And I do Q&A where I actually answer people's questions Uh, on the air and I teach I teach about these principles of deeper love and self-embracing you can also get my book Deeper Dating, How to Drop the Games of Seduction and Discover the Power of Intimacy. And that book is a work of my heart and soul. And if you're looking for love or if you're in a relationship and you're looking for deeper love, this is an entire course in a book. Or you can go to my website, which is deeperdating.com. All possibilities. And I look forward to getting to know many of you. Great. I hope you guys do check uh, Ken out. Go find him. Read him. Follow him. And hopefully we will we'll meet get to meet you too one day. Yeah, that Ken, would be you're great. a great guest. You are one of the best. Uh, thank it's been you so fantastic. much. That's great. Love to meet you guys. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, honey. I love thank you. you. I love you. And happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you. And I want to be right where we are next year this time. Uh, yeah. In it. Yes. And there's always room for improvement. And thank you for teaching me. And I, I am, am a, a I'm a willing am, student. This is a journey for both. It of is. Us. A, it is a journey. I encourage everybody listening to yes treat your relationship as a journey and as um something that you can always that can always evolve and grow and change and improve and even if you're single same thing same thing accept yourself love yourself hug yourself if you are single no one don't get you shouldn't give a shit and no 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 one should either and what else baby is that it I feel there's so much more to say. Well, there is, and you will say it. I just do. This is such a this is a subject near and dear to my heart. I, I've I have been there Valentine's Day so many times. So have a great week. Have a great Valentine's Day, everybody. everybody. Go find. Go be your love. Right. 
Thank you, Ken. Be love, feel love. Thank you. Thank you both. Okay. Big kiss, Ken. Thank you, folks. Bye, baby. Take care. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends, Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single. 